The point is, we see Peter, he has a lot of foolishness. Now, the good news with Peter, there's hope for foolish people. Yes. Jesus kept working with him, whereas Jesus gave up on Judas. Well, and even in Peter's example, I think often we're all like, oh, no, I would never do that. Even Peter, no, I would never deny you, Jesus. That would never happen. We say that all the time about stuff. Oh, it won't get that bad. And then we do it. And then God's, you know, conv the Holy Spirit convicts us and we realize, ah, I just did what I said I wouldn't do. And I think that's where foolish people that aren't open to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, they move toward evil. Mm -hmm. But if they are open to the conviction, then they will move toward wisdom. They'll continue to make mistakes along the way, but they'll continue on the, on the path to wisdom and they'll make changes in their life that lead toward health. Well, howdy. Mark and Grace Driscoll here with a Real Marriage Podcast for the EXO Marriage Podcast Network. We're really, really, really excited to start this year talking about relationships. Some of the greatest pains and pleasures in life come from our relationships with people. So here's what we're doing. Episode one, if you missed it, we dealt with evil people. Episode two today, we're going to deal with foolish people. Episode three next week, we're going to deal with wise people. And then the grand finale, episode four, we're going to deal with six kinds of relationships. And so today, baby, I'm here with my wife. Um, we're talking about foolish people. A minority of people are wise. A minority of people are evil. Majority of people are foolish. And let's just be honest. None of us is wise in every area. Every one of us has at least a category or two where we're a little bit foolish. Some of us are really good with our money, really bad with our time. Some of us are really great at work, and then we're a hot mess minus the hot at home. And so we've all got stuff to work on, but maybe start with just a little bit of Scripture. And our encouragement in this four-part series is spend some time in the book of Proverbs. You'll find the evil, the foolish, and the wise throughout the entire book, and that'll help you learn about these kinds of people. So maybe maybe you start by just reading a couple of Proverbs on foolish people. Absolutely. Proverbs 1-7 says it very clearly, fools despise wisdom and discipline. So they don't want to have wisdom and they don't want to be corrected. So one of the things we say too a lot here at our church is, the want to precedes the how to. Mm -hmm. If you want to do something, we can help you figure out how to do it. If you don't want to do it, there's really nothing you can do. No. The person that's like, I eat terribly and I'm sick all the time. Well, do you want that to change? I don't want to. Well, then a nutrition class is not going to help. Uh, I blow all my money and I'm overextended in debt. Well, do you want to fix your finances? I don't want to. Well, then a Dave Ramsey class is not going to help. The, <laughs> the, the want to precedes the how to. And foolish people, they don't want to. So you yeah. can tell them what to do. They're not going to do it because they don't want to. And the Holy Spirit gives us the want to because it changes our hearts. Uh, the other Proverbs is kind of a funny one, but you'll get the point. Proverbs 26.3, guide a horse with a whip a donkey with a bridle, and a fool with a rod to his back. So we're going to close in prayer. We're going to send you to the <laughs> hardware store to get a rod and then uh, go find your foolish friend and hit him over the back and quote Proverbs 26.3. Amen. What he's Definitely not. Oh, dang it. Really? Okay. I was on my way to the store. Okay. So the way this works, what he's saying is wise people see reality and they see potential problems, and then they course correct in advance. Mm -hmm. A foolish person only changes when the pain threshold gets to a point that they can no longer bear. Mm -hmm. That what motivates a foolish person is pain. Yeah. That it needs to hurt really bad. Consequences, exactly. Consequences and pain needs to get to a certain level. 
This is a person who physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually, you can see that they're just declining. Mm -hmm. Something is not working, but there's not a sense of urgency. It's painful, but it's like a dull toothache of life. It's not like a sharp pain. And until it becomes a sharp pain, they're not willing to make changes. This is where sometimes people will say things like, they just need to hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. What it means is they need to get to a point where it hurts so bad that it's more painful to not make the changes than it is to make the changes. Because sometimes making major life changes, it can be painful. It can be hard. We need to hate our sin enough to not keep doing it. And foolish people, there is a, so they do commit sin, but sometimes their decisions aren't sin, they're mm -hmm. foolishness. Mm -hmm. Some things aren't sinful, they're just dumb. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, it's not necessarily a sin to just eat junk food and take out for your whole life, but what happens to you physically? You deteriorate. You just get really sick. You get really sick. I mean, literally, you poison your own body. You're starving your body of nutrition. And But the Bible doesn't say, thou shalt eat vegetables. Right. And so sometimes what religious people will do, they will only focus on the sins. Like, well, I'm not committing a sin, but the goal is not just to avoid sin, but to pursue wisdom. And health. Spiritual that, health, emotional health, physical health. Exactly. And the key with foolishness, it doesn't produce health. Sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just really dumb life-making decisions mm -hmm. that you can't go book, chapter, and verse. This is sinful, but you can just tell this doesn't produce the healthiest version of you, the best version that God could have for you. Uh, so let me ask you this. Are, uh, are foolish people, uh, are they dumb? Not necessarily. They're just making dumb choices. So you can be highly educated and still foolish. Oh, we see this all the time. Yeah, we call it college. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, college is where you can get an education, but not necessarily wisdom. Some of the people, even on the college campus that are pursuing doctoral degrees, don't have any wisdom. They don't know what to do with money or sex or food or emotion or sin. They don't know what to do with relationship. So there's a difference between um, education and intellect and wisdom. Um, well, and we're talking about relationships here and in marriage. We can do things that are foolish that don't guard our marriage. Um, we have lots of questions about, you know, can I go hang out, like from wives, can I go hang out with, you know, a guy friend oh, gosh. from, yeah. you know, high school that I knew or, yeah, go out with the girls to the club. And we it, got that this week. Married couple asked. Yeah. She's like, well, I'm still really good friends with my ex from high school and we're just really good friends. And the husband's like, I don't feel okay with this. Mm -mm. And that would be foolish. And if that continues, that actually can become evil. But that's a foolish decision because it doesn't build health in your marriage. So you bring something up there. If you hang out in a foolish position, eventually, like gravity, it pulls you down into evil. Mm -hmm. Because you're either moving toward wisdom or evil. And foolishness is like the go-between. Yeah. If you look at uh, wisdom is going up and, fool and evil is going down, foolishness is in the middle. But just like gravity, the longer you hang there, the more you're going to get pulled down. And so there are people that start off foolish, and over time, they actually grow evil. And so um, we knew this some years ago with um, a person who started recreational drug use, somebody that we knew personally. 
quite well. And then over time, it became more addictive drug use. Mm -hmm. So it started with foolish behavior, and then it started to become more evil. And then he literally started getting into the checkbooks of the purses at old women at church and stealing checks to steal their money to fund his drug habit. Mm -hmm. So it started out with foolishness. Recreational drug use ends up with evil, a drug addiction, and stealing from grandmas at church. Mm -hmm. And nobody at the beginning says, usually, I'm going to be evil. They just start with foolishness. But you don't stay foolish. You either move up toward wisdom or you move down toward evil. It's, a, it's not a place that you can reside indefinitely. And back toward the illustration of the disciples like you used in the podcast about evil— we saw Judas is evil and who was foolish in Jesus 12. Peter. That's why we all mm -hmm. love Peter because we identify with mm -hmm. him. Peter's the guy, open mouth, insert foot. I mean, <laughs> tell Jesus what to do. I mean, and then, you know, he grabs a sword and he goes to chop a dude's ear off. And yeah, that just, yeah, that just means he's not a good shot. Nobody ever went for the ear. <laughs> you know, uh, he's, he's not, he tries to be a tough guy. He's not that tough. The, the point is, we see Peter, he has a lot of foolishness. Mm -hmm. Now, the good news with Peter, there's hope for foolish people. Yeah. Jesus kept working with him, whereas Jesus gave up on Judas. Well, and even in Peter's example, I think often we're all like, oh, no, I would never do that. Even Peter, no, I would never deny you, Jesus. That would never happen. We say that all the time about stuff. Oh, it won't get that bad. And then we do it. And then God's, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts us and we realize, ah, I just did what I said I wouldn't do. And I think that's where foolish people that aren't open to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, they move toward evil. Mm -hmm. But if they are open to the conviction, then they will move toward wisdom They'll continue to make mistakes along the way, but they'll continue on the on the path to wisdom and they'll make changes in their life that lead toward health. So we'll talk a little bit about wisdom. Um, wise people, are they self-motivated or do you got to drive them? They're self-motivated. They're the, God-motivated, really. Yeah, but I mean, they, it's my life. It's my responsibility. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to seek wise counsel. I'm going to I'm going to make the adjustments. They own when they do things wrong. Yeah, it was my fault. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, that's what wise people do. Foolish people, they're not self-motivated. You're, okay, did you make that call? Did you schedule that appointment? Did you fill out that job application? Did you pay that ticket? Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you check the door? Or did you leave the front door wide open again? Yeah. You, know, you lost your car keys for the 75th time. Could, could you pick a place to put them? They're not self-motivated. And so you're constantly kind of nagging and checking in on them. And they often hand off their responsibility to others because they're they can turn into lazy people. So foolish people sometimes are actually really clever mm -hmm. because what they'll do, they'll be irresponsible and they'll find overly responsible people and then dump their responsibilities on them. Mm -hmm. Hey, my car broke down. Um, hey, I'll drive yours. Uh, hey, my parents kicked me out. Uh, can I crash at your place? Mm -hmm. uh, hey, I can't make rent this month. Um can you cover it? And so they'll find ways to create crisis or need to get overly responsible people to run in. And these people love the church because people that are not discerning in the church, they are will think this is ministry. Mm -hmm. It's not ministry. It's codependency and enabling. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're in a relationship where it's like, I thought we were friends, but it's only one way. I give you take. That's a relationship with a foolish person. Mm -hmm. um, in addition... Um, does a foolish person embrace reality? Do they deal with reality? 
No, and they generally don't look long-term. They don't see that their actions are cumulative, leading to folly. And so they just think each situation is independent of itself. Like, I just did that once. Oh, wait, I just did that a couple times. I just did that three times. That shouldn't have led to this horrible situation. It's like, no, that's exactly what led to that horrible situation. Well, I, there was one guy some years ago, and we were working largely with singles and collegiates, and uh, every month, like four months in a row, he came, oh, man, I really need help. I really need help for rent. I was like, bro, you need help for rent every month. Mm -hmm. This is not a secret. Yep. You know, this this is not like a Come ninja that snuck up on you the first of the month. Like, mm -hmm. this is adult responsibility. Mm -hmm. And every time you act surprised mm -hmm. that reality happens yeah. the first of every month. <laughs> and so what happens is, is sometimes foolish people, they will deny reality. Wise people will accept reality and adjust. Foolish people will deny reality and expect reality to adjust for them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even in a marriage, you can sit down and... Uh, and you can have one person at least who's foolish. You're like, how's the marriage going? They're like, we're doing great. And the other person's like, no, we're not. Hmm. That means that one of you isn't dealing with reality. Because if your spouse doesn't think you're doing great, you're not doing great. Okay? You may say, well, I disagree. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, there's two of you in the relationship. And one of you is seeing reality and the other is being foolish and denying it. Uh, another one is, um, are foolish people, um, do they take responsibility or shift blame? They often shift blame. So give me some examples of what that looks like. Well, I mean, it goes all the way back to the garden. <laughs> yeah, it is an old problem now that you bring it up. So who did Adam blame? He blamed Eve. And God. Who God created. <laughs> yeah, God, you made a woman. The woman's a problem. Mm -hmm. I hope this is a prototype. I'll sit over <laughs> here in my chair until you give me a mm -hmm. 2.0 girl. Yeah, and Eve bl blamed Satan. Yeah, she's Pentecostal charismatic. The mm -hmm. devil made me do it. Mm -hmm. So we blame shift. and the truth We do that in marriage all the time. Because oh. we don't want to deal with the reality. I mean, they do in their marriage. We don't in our marriage. That's why we're doing the podcast to help. No, it's easy to do that because you're you're living with each other. So there's constantly issues that come up and it just becomes exhausting if you're not getting to the root issue. And so it's easier to blame shift. Well, he was just a jerk. So this is what I did in return. Um, or, you know, she didn't. Uh, do what I asked, and so I'm just going to be cold toward her. And it's it, those are foolish behaviors because you're breaking down your marriage relationship. You're not um, working on oneness. You're working on division. And so when you when you deal with a wise person, you'll say, okay, here's the issue, and then they'll make a plan. With a foolish person, say, here's the issue, they'll make an excuse. Mm -hmm. And you can spend your energy making excuses or making plans. Mm -hmm. Making excuses to justify the failure or making plans to fix them. Mm -hmm. um, also, to uh, foolish people are burden givers, not burden lifters. Mm -hmm. Wise people lift burdens, foolish people give burdens. And you can tell. The phone rings and you you just feel the life force leaving your body. You're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> if I answer that it's going to be a burden dumped on me. Mm -hmm. But if I don't answer it, they're going to leave a voicemail and assign me work <laughs> that I didn't agree to. So you, it almost feels like you're in a hostage situation. Mm. Um, they're burden givers. If they're like, hey, I need to talk to you, you're just like, oh, I just don't have the energy for this Because it's right constant, now. yeah. It's, it, there's, there's difference between serving and being burdened by people, the same person over and over and over. And then you can become an enabler um, and you're not serving them actually anymore. And there are seasons of life where you're in a crisis or a trauma, you're carrying a need, burden. We mm -hmm. need to help people. You know, the Bible says to carry one another's burdens. 
these are not those kinds of situations. These are the normal adult things of life that they're just not tending to mm -hmm. and they're burdening you with. Mm -hmm. um, also, foolish people, are they sometimes fun? Life of the party? Oh, absolutely. Okay, why is That's that? often why gals, you know, hang out with the fun guys because they think, oh, they're going to be so fun. And then they're not so fun when they're irresponsible as their husband. So sometimes when people are in a relationship, especially people that are ministry-minded, so, some people are more caregivers. They want to be doctors, nurses, teachers, EMTs, mm -hmm. counselors, therapists. There's a high empathy, compassion mm -hmm. quotient in them. They're yeah. just naturally bent to help. You need those people. For yeah, sure. those people are amazing. And particularly if you're a Christian and you're more ministry-minded, you can be attracted to somebody and end up marrying your ministry. Mm, yeah. And you want to do ministry with your spouse. You don't want to marry your ministry mm -hmm. because marrying your ministry, it's a, it's a relationship where it's more parental, like you're the adult and they're the child. And that barely works when you're dating. It becomes really frustrating when you're married. As soon as you add children to the mix, if the other spouse is foolish, irresponsible, not dependable, it becomes really, really overwhelming and burdening. Mm -hmm. And then oftentimes they're the fun one. Mm -hmm. They're the life of the party. They're joyful, but they're not responsible. And so what happens with foolish people, oftentimes people really like them, but they don't respect them. Yeah, the class clown always remains the class clown. Oh, yeah. The class clown in your annual, they're in all the photos. <laughs> and everybody signed their annual. Mm -hmm. They're at all the parties. Somehow they get around to all of them. They make all the group photos. Yep. Make people laugh all the time. And so they think that they're doing great because they're well-known and they're popular, mm -hmm. but they're not respected. Yeah. And what this does in your marriage, it's a real crisis because if you don't respect your spouse, it's really hard to do life with someone that you don't respect yeah. because it feels like you're always throwing parties and having fun and I'm always taking responsibility and doing chores. Yeah, so that needs to become a conversation where you dial in on... I do enjoy that you're fun, but we need to talk about things that are frustrating and some areas of irresponsibility that need to be worked on. And there's just some adult stuff in marriage. It's just not fun. Doing the dishes is not fun. Yeah. Doing the laundry is not fun. Taking out the garbage like is laundry. not fun. I know you like laundry. <laughs> That's your spiritual gift. I prayed about it and God didn't call me to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, within this too, I would say that evil people live by the demonic, foolish people live by the flesh, mm -hmm. wise people live by the spirit, that evil people, you need a professional relationship. Like mm -hmm. they need to be meeting with a professional. A foolish person, you can have a pastoral relationship. And that is, I'm going to try and help you take responsibility. Mm -hmm. And then with wise people, you can have a uh, personal relationship. So just in closing, we're all foolish in certain ways and times. Absolutely. And we don't want to get drugged down toward evil. We want to move up toward wisdom. What are some practical things that people can do or practical ways that people can grow in wisdom? Well, you said it at the beginning that we can be in the word. And specifically, if you want to look at Proverbs and what wise, foolish, and evil are, it'll help you safeguard against further foolishness and move toward wisdom. It's very specific um, in Proverbs, but it's all throughout the scripture. And we can look at examples of people in the scripture as well. We can, um, in order to move toward wisdom, 
if we're foolish in an area, we can meet with someone who is wise in that area and take notes and ask questions so that we can grow and learn and change. And we call that wise counsel. Mm -hmm. Proverbs talks about wise counsel. The, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is yeah. a wise counselor. He's Absolutely. the spirit of wisdom. It says that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with men and God. So we all want to be growing in wisdom by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll just close with a very simple assignment. And uh, there's areas in your life, our life, your marriage, our marriage, where we're not wise. We have some things that we need to learn and change and grow in. And so you're actively looking for people who have wisdom in areas that you want wisdom. Mm -hmm. Wisdom is often in people. And then once you enter into a relationship with that person, they will deposit wisdom in you to benefit all your other relationships, starting with your relationship with your spouse. And so some years ago, um, I met a man that I consider one of the wisest men I've ever met. Just mm -hmm. Loves the Lord, good marriage, loves his kids, generous, good at business. Just his life is buttoned up, put together, and uh, in just a very godly way. High, highly respectful, highly relational, not a religious guy. And so I asked him, I said, could I meet with you? I just want to learn. Like, you're older, wiser. There's a lot I could learn from you. And uh, he said, yeah, I'll meet with you once, but you need to bring a notebook, and you need to take notes, and you need to bring your questions. So I needed to come prepared. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, okay. So I prayed and I wrote out my notes and I got my notebook and I showed up and I showed up early. I didn't want to be late and waste his time. And then we met and I went, I went through my questions. I said very little and he did all the talking and I took copious notes. And his whole thing is um, he'd been doing this his whole life. I said, how did you learn all of this? Because he didn't go to college. He didn't come from a, an intact, really healthy family. It came from a poor family. He's a successful businessman. And what he said was, I pray. I look for people that have wisdom. I journal out things that I want to ask them. I ask to meet with them. I show up early. I take notes. And then I do what they tell me. And he said, I've been doing that my whole life. And that's how I've succeeded. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of humility in that. Yeah, wisdom requires humility. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, so that's what, it's what he told me to do. So I'm like, okay, that works for you. That works for me. And so I met with him and he, uh, he asked me, he said, okay, I'm going to give you these assignments. And he said, I won't meet with you again until you've completed the assignments. Mm -hmm. And I said, why is it? He said, well, because if somebody's foolish, you'll meet with them. They don't write it down and then they don't do anything. And then later on, they're like, hey, can we meet again? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you didn't do anything yeah. and you didn't take any notes. Yep. He said, so when I meet with someone, I give them an assignment and I won't meet with them again until they've completed the assignment. And that's to get foolish people taking responsibility for their own life and making differences yeah. and choices and, and adjustments. And so I, I learned from him. And so that's been a system I've kept my entire life. And so I would ask you, number one, where do you keep everything? I mean, literally, I carry a notebook with me wherever I go. And it's broken into sections, family, ministry, personal. Number two, when God does deposit wisdom through someone or something, do you have one place of recording and keeping it? so that you can return to it and remember it. In addition, uh, when someone tells you to read something or do something, if they are wise, are you doing it and acting upon it? And, and, and then the question would be for you individually and for you as a couple, which wise counsel do you need to pursue? Mm -hmm. Is it somebody with finances, with health, with nutrition, with parenting, with marriage, with sexuality, with the Bible, with ministry, with leadership, with home buying? What is it? You go, that right now is the pain point. 
and we want to get some wisdom to alleviate that pain, uh, it would be really good this year to stop just doing what you've been doing, because that's foolishness if it's not working, and to pursue wisdom and to ask who are we going to invite in to give us some assignments and some responsibilities and some tasks and some chores that then we can follow through on to build a pattern to gut to really pull up toward wisdom from foolishness rather than getting drugged down into evil through continued foolishness. So episode one was evil. Episode two is foolish. What are we going to do next time, baby? Wisdom. Shazam. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in.